You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Philomena. They said that you had abandoned him as a baby. I did not abandon my child. You'd be 50 today. Who is it? Your wife tells me you think you're mildly depressed. Well, I got the sack. I'm unemployed. Yes, but it wasn't your fault, was it? That's why I'm depressed. This is Martin Sixsmith, used to be the BBC's man in Moscow. Became a spin doctor for the government, and it all went a bit tits up. I always say, you know, if you shovel shit for long enough, eventually you're going to get some on your shoes. <laughs> yes, you got it on your head. How do you manage that? Oh. <laughs> I know this woman. She had a baby when she was a teenager, and she's kept it secret for 50 years. And what you're talking about uh, would be what they call a human interest story. And that's... I don't do those. Why not? You think I should do a human interest story? Hello. You must be Philomena. I think what they did to you is evil. I don't like that word. No, no, evil's good. Story-wise, I mean. I was going to ask you if it would be possible not to use my real name when you write the story. What about Anne? Anne Boleyn. That's a lovely name. Well, somebody had that. We're going to have to use your real name, Philomena. I'd feel more comfortable if I could speak to Philomena in private. You're a journalist. Well, I used to be. Martin's a Roman Catholic. Well, no, I used to be. There are avenues we can pursue in America. I'm getting the royal treatment, Martin. I feel like the Pope. Champagne or bucks first? Oh, no, thank you. It's free. Oh, I, I see. You have to pay for everything on Ryanair. Look at the view. Wow. I only want to know if he's all right. What if he died in Vietnam? Or what if he was obese? What well, makes you think he'd be obese? Because of the size of the portions. I met him. Where? At the White House. Did you remember anything he said? Hello. 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 He might have been high. Oh, Martin. I just want to talk to you about my son. He was taken from me. And I've been looking for him ever since. Why would God bestow upon us a sexual desire that he then wants us to resist? The thing is, I didn't even know I had a clitoris, Martin. Right. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Philomena, and the story is as follows. In 1952, Irish teenager Philomena became pregnant out of wedlock and was sent to a convent. When her baby Anthony was a toddler, the nuns took Philomena's baby away from her and put him up for adoption in the United States. For the next 50 years, she searched tirelessly for her son. When former BBC correspondent Martin Sixsmith learns of the story, he becomes her ally. They travel together to America to find Anthony and become unexpectedly close in the process. The film is starring Judy Dench and Steve Coogan. It is directed by Stephen Frears and it is written by Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope. Here to join me today for this 2013 retrospective podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman. Hello, everyone. Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And also joining us here as a guest for the first time, we have Eve O'Day. Hello. Hi, Eve. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, really. Thank you for reaching out uh, as part of the Patreon team here and letting us know that you wanted to be a part of this one. We're very, very excited to have you here. Great. So in talking about Philomena, this was a human interest story uh, based on a 2009 book, The Lost Child of Philomena Lee by journalist uh, Martin Sixsmith, as said before. And it's a story that it's how do I say this? It's not like this 
grandiose big story. It's a human interest story. So it's a very personal story uh, in many ways to the real life Philomena and also does uncover some deep rooted issues within the Catholic church system as well. So in exploring that and also looking at it through the context of 2013 when this film came out, looking at it today and so on and so forth, there is some interesting stuff to talk about here, I think. I'm excited to get into it with all of you, but I'm going to start off with our guest here first. Eve, what did you ultimately think of Philomena? Well, when this movie first came out in 2013, I was, um, I think, 14 or 15, and I had a fairly limited filmic perspective. I wasn't as cinematically educated as I am now. But the reason that it really struck me at the time was because I saw it in theater with my Irish Catholic grandmother and the performance by Judy Dench literally felt like an impression of my grandmother, just in the way she speaks and her mannerisms and the way she looks, just every little kind of thing that she does on screen. And I think that Judy Dench gives a really nuanced and really interesting performance. And then so so now watching it, I have that kind of personal connection that's never going to really let me look at the film with complete objectivity. But having said that, I really had a nice time watching it. I think the story itself is really fascinating and holds you until the very end when you kind of when the pieces all kind of fall together. It's not just because of the subject matter. It's not really a comfort movie, but it's almost disguised as one just with its sort of atmosphere. I listened to your guys's uh, Captain Phillips episode just today, and someone referred to that film as being something that would be enjoyed by a steak eater. And I think if you're using that metaphor, you could say that Philomena is the kind of film that would be enjoyed by a tea drinker. Interesting. I actually like that. I haven't heard that one before, but I am actually going to... Well, I'll actually come back to that thought in just a little bit. I want to hear what everyone else has to say uh, first. So, Michael, on to you. Yeah, so Philomena, I vividly remember seeing this in theaters eight years ago. I can't believe it's been eight years. It really feels like yesterday. And, you know, let me just start off by saying I think this movie is absolutely phenomenal. I have since the second I saw it. But it was that first experience of seeing it in the theater for the first time that I had anticipated it to be what it was marketed as, which was a light comedic romp. It looked like your very standard Weinstein Company Oscar play with a winning Judi Dench performance at its center. And while it does feature some comedic moments and a remarkable Judi Dench performance, this is really an incredibly deep and personal piece about loss, grief, and forgiveness. I think it's an incredible film that really subverts expectations and does a tremendous job of presenting this character in a story that you've probably never heard of. And doing it in such a mainstream winning fashion, but dealing with some really hefty issues at the same time. I think it's a really terrific balancing act. And I've seen it a couple of times now and have really been impressed each and every time I have. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Nicole. So it's actually funny that you said that, Eve, because uh, I think I said on the Captain Phillips podcast that before I watched that, uh, my dad told me that he really liked that movie. (laughs) And I told my parents I was watching Philomena, and my mom told me that she really liked this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So there it is. But this was actually my first time seeing it. Uh, I missed it whenever it first came out. And it's interesting because there is this sort of weird dichotomy in the film in that the subject matter that it explores is actually quite dark uh, in some ways, quite deep and, and really 
sort of has to do with a woman sorting out this traumatic thing that occurred to her like 50 years before and this really horrific thing in many ways that the Catholic Church was doing uh, in Ireland at this at this specific uh, convent. And at the same time, it feels like a comfort movie. It has this warmth to it that I think is really interesting when paired with the subject matter and I think does make it a lot easier to watch in a lot of ways than the film could have been. I think it's remarkably well put together. I think not only, I mean, obviously Judy Dench is always great. Um, after the movies I've seen Judy Dench in recently, though, that have come out over the past year, it's thrilling to see her in a movie that actually deserves her. Uh, <laughs> but I also think Steve Coogan is really good in this role. I... Definitely love this movie. I think that all the things that it has to say about religion and about forgiveness are really interesting and really fun to unpack. And I'm so excited to get to really talk about it with you guys. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so uh, I have a couple of points here just as far as opening thoughts go. Uh, I'll first start off by saying that, Michael, you're saying that you vividly remember this from watching in the theater in 2013. I can honestly say that I did not. I did see this in the theater in 2013. And for myself, I, I, I like I remember that it was good. I remember that. But as far as like anything else outside of that, like specifically watching this again uh, today earlier was kind of almost like a new experience for me in some ways. And kind of going back to also something that Eve said before that struck me was making a comparison there about like a steak eater film versus a tea drinker film and so on and so forth. And I, I want to just clarify when you say that ultimately you're saying it's like the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely favors a particular kind of audience. And for, for the record, I'm saying tea drinker definitely is a positive thing because that is something I consider myself, you know? Sure, sure. No, I totally understand that. I just think that when we hear steak eater, we tend to think of old guard members, like say within the uh, awards voting bodies who 
view this uh, kind of a film as a prestige film and, you know, so on and so forth. And like, that's at least that's what I think of when I hear that term get thrown around. So when I think of like tea drinker, I essentially think of the British side of that. <laughs> it's, it's, no. I, it's all the people who also watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on the tip of my tongue. Downton I think Abbey. I think that I think that's exactly where my mind went, which was like, OK, it's like essentially this is a movie for old people, oh. <laughs> uh, but it's got British sensibilities to it. Oh, well, yes. let's say Irish sensibilities, please. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Yes, 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 yes. Of course, of course. Totally fair. But in that regard, like I was saying before, um, the movie itself has this very unique approach, as mentioned before, in terms of it being both a light movie in terms of the chemistry between Steve Coogan and Judy Dench mixed with this dark story uh, for this woman personally that uncovers something deep rooted within the Catholic uh, church that is obviously outdated and old. And yet it was a generational thing where it transitioned. And obviously I think, you know, when you look at it from today's lens is something that the Catholic church has tried to distance itself away from very obviously, but in other parts of the world still um, that kind of level of thinking and those old traditions are still something that have taken uh, a hold of people in a way where, it really does, I think, make religion out to be this medieval, almost barbaric sort of uh, sort of thing uh, when it's supposed to be the exact opposite. Obviously, it's supposed to be something that should be promoting life and love and salvation for people. But instead, for many others, if they really hold true to these strict teachings, um, it can be uh, really, I, I think, borderline evil at times. And we see that all over the world in different forms. And I think what's so interesting, though, about this movie is that it's not one of those films that's just, you know, sort of out here being very bitter about the church in that we see that like Philomena herself as a character. But also I think there's like the movie is much more interesting knowing that it is based in truth. But we see that she is still religious, even 50 years after this has happened to her. And she personally uh, doesn't really carry any of these bad feelings that we would sort of expect towards the church. That's much more sort of what Martin Sixsmith's feelings towards the church. And I think that's like, for me as an audience member, obviously I, by the end of this, I was like to hell with the Catholic church, but fucking Catholics, right? Fucking Catholics. <laughs> but I think what's so beautiful about it is that that's not entirely the message of the movie. And we also do see that for every nun who is cruel to these young girls, there's also one who is kind. And I think that it creates this really more nuanced look at religion and the church than it could have been. And I think that's one of the best things about the movie. Yeah, I certainly think that the film is as much of an examination of grief as it is an examination of forgiveness. I think that's kind of a central tenet to it to kind of be able to balance both of those. And I got to tell you, the way that the movie handles that from the way that it presents on the surface at first, that it is this combination of both light and dark, if you will, but then ultimately ends in this place of uh, real nuance and profound power where it really is all about forgiveness, which is the true uh, teaching of the Catholic Church here. Um, I, I got to admit, like in terms of the writing of this film, I was very, very impressed with it uh, all around because I do think that instead of it coming across as an angry and bitter film, as you said, Nicole, um, it instead it gets into something a lot more deeper than that. 
while also, you know, having these moments of uh, genuine uh, charm and friendship and sweet moments between these two characters who uh, come to develop a strong bond between one another. Okay, truly, I think watching the two of them together is so joyful. And I do think that is part of, like, what helps keep the film lighter is seeing this relationship between them sort of unfold and especially watching... Steve Coogan as Martin Sixsmith and how he sort of goes from this very sort of closed off, reserved, you know, recently fired government advisor, whatever he was, who is interested in this woman's story solely as a way for him to, uh, you know, write something about it to someone who genuinely is emotionally involved in it. I think that for me is one of the best parts of it is watching him sort of undergo that transformation, partially because of just how lovely she is. Like Judy Dench in this role is just the most endearing thing ever. You know, what's so funny, speaking of that character, I mean, Judy Dench is phenomenal, but the real Philomena was out and about that award season. And mm -hmm. at the Oscars, I specifically remember they cut to her sitting in the audience since they invited her to the ceremony. And you know who she was sitting next to? Does anyone know? No. The suspense was, is killing me. <laughs> she was sitting next to Captain Phillips. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so funny. They had all the real-life people who were featured in movies. And there's Philomena and Captain Phillips. I'm like, what are the odds of that? So it's, it's like she's such a winning personality. And I mentioned that because Judy Dench's performance here, I mean, who doesn't love Judy Dench? She's a national treasure or international treasure, really. But this performance, it's so warm so tender, gets at such specific emotions that this character is experiencing. I think it's her, I don't want to say last great performance because she's still acting and things, but I think it's her last great terrific role that she's had. And I hope she gives us more. Judy's, Judy's just having fun now. She's just having fun. She's hanging out in Artemis Fowl doing her thing. But this was, you know, <laughs> this was her last like really meaty role that allowed her to really show what uh, we love her for. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of Philomena here on the Next Best Picture podcast, part of our 2013 retrospective. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?